0: Welcome to City Harvest Sermon Podcast. Coming up is a word from Pastor Kong Hee. Now, the parable of the prodigal son is the best known as the most popular of all the parables in the Bible. In fact, some people called it the best or the greatest short story ever written. The greatest short story ever written. Because I believe there are only about um, how many verses? 21 verses, I think. In about 20, 21 verses, it's a very impactful story. And 2,000 years later, it's still thrilling people all around the world. Now, this is such a great story because it's a story of a father's love. It's a story about a father's love. And you've been with us the last few weeks. We've been talking about the love of God, our Heavenly Father. So let's start by looking at verse 11. Jesus speaking over here, He continued, There was a man who had two sons. Now, very often, we only focus on the younger boy. But the real focus of this story is the older son. Both sons were alienated from the father. Both were lost. Both wanted the father's estate instead of the father himself. In other words, neither of them loved the father for who he is. Now, both rebelled in their own ways. And both times, The father, filled with compassion, reached out to them, came out the house to reach out to them to draw them back into the family. So this is an amazing story. Now, I I can guarantee you probably 9 out of 10 times, for those of you that have grown up in church, you would have heard this story told about the younger boy, if not 10 out of 10. Tonight, I'm just going to... Go very quickly, just to refresh your memory, the younger boy, but I want to spend most of the time on the older son because that is the main focus of Jesus' parable here. Look at verse 12. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Now, the younger son was rebellious and very selfish and self-centered. To him, his dad was in the way of his pursuit of his dream, of his goal, of his enjoyment, of his desire. He's cramping my style. So get out of here, old man. Get out of my life. I want my freedom. So since the younger one was entitled legally, he was entitled to one-third of the father's estate because the older boy have a double portion, so he's allowed one-third. He made his demand, nothing wrong with that, perfectly legal. He said, Dad, Give me my inheritance now. In other words, effectively he's saying, I just want your wealth. You know, I don't want you. Get out of my life. Don't stand in my way. I want to pursue my dreams. You just get lost. Now, the father could have kicked him out of the house right there and then and disowned him. But he loved him, even when he was so rude and so downright rebellious. So he sold the land and gave one-third of the estate to him. Now, actually, the father's still alive. You only divide the inheritance when the father's dead, right? So the son is saying, I wish you are dead. But I don't care you're dead or not. Just give me what is mine. Absolutely dishonoring. Now, the younger son then set forth for a distant country, verse 13, and there squandered his wealth in while living. So he was out of control. Now, when the prodigal son had spent everything, verse 14, he became destitute, empty, And lonely. No money, no friends. No money, no honey. So no more girls. No more playboying style. Unable to find a proper job, he worked in a pigsty. Now, which for a Jew is the most humiliating thing you could ever do because of all the animals, they considered pigs the most unclean of them all. So for a Jew to work in a pigsty... It's really the most humiliating job you could find. Finally, he came to his senses. He said, I will now go home to my father and just work in his estate. So verse 20, he got up, went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arm around him and kissed him. Now, in Middle Eastern culture, patriarch, the head of the household, patriarchs, they don't run. They don't lift up their ropes and bare their feet and run. Little boys can do it. Women can do it. Young men can do it. But they were dignified pillars of the community. And for him, he was the owner of a great estate, a man of influence. He would never pick up his rope, bare his feet and run across the field. But this father did. He openly showed his emotions, threw his arms around, his, around this boy and kissed him and wept together with him. His love broke his heart. Immediately, this prodigal son confessed his sin. Father, 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 I have sinned. I wronged you, Father. Now, Romans 2 verse 4 says, the goodness of God leads you to repentance. Everybody say, the goodness of God leads me to repentance. That means God's grace should bring about repentance. So repentance simply means a change of your attitude and a change of your lifestyle. So this prodigal boy, this, this younger son, he had a change of attitude. used to be rude and dishonoring. Now he humbled himself. Used to want to have a wild and, and, and uh, crazy living. Now he wanted to come back to the father's estate. So, the grace of God must lead us to repentance. It doesn't leave us in the old lifestyle. You see, if grace doesn't lead to repentance, then it's not true grace. If your grace that you receive doesn't lead to a change of attitude or a desire to want to have a change of lifestyle, then it is not true grace. Grace. Luke 15 verse 21, the son said to him, he confesses sin, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. So he came out clean. He came out open. He said, I'm wrong, Dad. You know, famous author Dietrich Bonhoeffer, in the, the book, The Cost of Discipleship, which is a classic, he says you can't have communion without confession. And he's not just talking about holy communion. In other words, you can't have fellowship if you don't come clean with God. Now, in fact, you know, if, if, if you know you're sick, you can go and see a doctor, right? But if you don't know you're sick, then you won't. And you may die in your sickness. So it's important that if we are wrong, then we must come before the Lord in repentance, in confession, because repentance is the key to forgiveness. Now, as amazing as God's mercy and forgiveness is, true grace never leaves us in the old lifestyle the grace of God changes us, calls us into a new life, into a new surrender to become disciples of Christ. How many of you want to be disciples of Christ? So in other words, we forsake the old life, we carry our cross and follow Jesus. Now, in verse 22, let's go on. But the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him, put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Now, this young son thought, I'm going to work for my forgiveness. The dad said, no, no, no. Bring the best robe. Now, the best robe belongs to the Father. And the robe speaks of honor. So the Father is restoring His honor. The ring is a symbol of authority. And the sandals speaks of freedom because slaves in those days don't wear shoes. They walk around barefooted. So the Father is saying, don't think you can work for your forgiveness. It's free. My grace is free. I'm going to restore you back to your honor. I'm going to give you authority. I'm going to make you the head and not the tail. You're going to be seated in the heavenly places. And I'm going to give you freedom. Oh, come on, give the Lord a big hand. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, you want to claim? Let's give the Lord a big claim. Hallelujah. Amen. But that's not all. Look at verse 23. Bring the feathered calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. Now, in those times, fattened calves were served only on very, very special, rare occasions. So it was a, a very big public event now. And a feathered calf can feed 70 or uh, 60 to 70 people. So it is not just any party, it's a complete celebration for the whole village. Now, the parable of the prodigal son shows us the love of God the Father. You see, a father's love that is so compassionate, so gracious, so merciful, so awesome, that nothing you can ever do, no sin, wrongdoing, evil you can ever do, that can stop him from forgiving you and restoring you. Oh, say amen. amen. Like they say, nothing you can do can make him love you more. Nothing you can do can make him shut the door. God loves us. Give the Lord a big clap one more time. What a great heavenly Father we serve. Amen. Praise God. All right. Death in a nutshell is the first part. But that is not the main part. You see, that's not the end of the story. I I went through that rather quickly. The true focus of this parable is not the younger son, but it is the older brother. Turn to your neighbor and say, here comes the good part. Right, right, right. The older older brother, okay? So in comes the main actor. So this is the lead actor. He walks in. Luke 15, verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. Now, very interesting. The word older in the Greek is this word presbyteros. Hey, didn't I hear that word before? Yeah, you did. A few months ago, when we did church introductory class. Presbyteros is where you get the word elder or zhang lao. That means a leader in the house. So this older son is a leader in the father's house, okay? And he was out in the field working very hard. He came back. He heard music. He heard dancing. So verse 26, he called one of the servants and asked him, what was going on? Your brother has come, he replied. Your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. And the older brother became angry. He became what? Angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. So when the elder brother heard that his younger brother has has returned, it has been reinstated by his dad. He got furious. What is this good for nothing? Brother coming back, what, he squandered all the estate, now he wants to steal my estate? He wants to eat into my inheritance? He was angry. Alright? Now, it was his turn now to disgrace the father. Customarily, the older son must always be the MC, the captain, the the, the master's uh, chief of ceremony for the feast. He's supposed to help the father serve the friends, serve the guests. He's the event coordinator. He's the master of ceremony. But he refused to go into the feast. The biggest event the, the father has ever held in public, he refused to go in. So he's Publicly casting a vote of no confidence on his father's action, I want everybody to know I don't agree with my own father. If he's living in our time, he may write a memoir, a kiss and tell, tell it all, wash dirty linen in public. He may go into the blog and write things on Asia One, whatever, <laughs> you know. Now, by his action, he openly embarrassed and demean his father in front of the entire community. But the father loved him deeply. So he humbled himself. He came out of the feast and begged him, pleaded with him, please son, don't don't behave like this. Please, you're embarrassing me. Please, come in. I love you. Please don't do this. Don't do this to us. Don't do this to the family. Don't do this to yourself. Come in. But the the older boy resentfully, stubbornly refused to go in. I will not come in. I'm not going to come in this time, all right? I'm not going to listen to you. How angry was he? I want you to see how he answered his dad. He answered his dad, he answered his father, look, he refused to address his dad in a respectful way. Now, you must remember they are Middle Eastern. So they will call him Master, Lord, Esteemed Father, Daddy. You know, they they use very honoring titles. Just like, just us Asians, we we honor our parents. But instead, they say, look. Hey, you, look, I'm talking to you. You know, I mean, he's so rude to his own father. And it was done in full view of the public for all to see. Look, all these years, I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet, you have never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Why was the older son so furious? Listen to him. I've been slaving for you. There's no thankfulness for the job. There's no gratitude to be involved in the ministry with his dad. You see, no joy, no love whatsoever in his tone. To him, I have worked like a slave. For you. And then what he says, I have never disobeyed your orders. Now all his words were dripping with resentment. He was deeply angry and bitter. So bitter was he that he became unforgiving and judgmental. I have never disobeyed your orders. Now listen, the issue here is not obedience. The issue here It's not the hard work. The issue here is relationship. Everybody say relationship. (laughs) The older brother had no relationship with his father. There's no love between him and his dad. Now, look at verse 30. And when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, he was so resentful of his younger brother, he didn't even want to consider him his own brother anymore. This son of yours, he refused to address his dad. He refused to call his brother his brother. In other words, look, look, look. He has brought himself out and cut himself off from the family. You, you guys are you on one side. I'm on the other side. So here you find that, this, that a wedge came in. He was so resentful. Now 1 John chapter 2 verse 9 says, He who says he's in the light and hates his brother is in darkness until now. My prayer is that none of us in this room will ever hate a fellow brother or sister or hate anybody in God, yeah? Because if you hate someone, especially your brother, you're walking in darkness, right? So he saw his brother's return as a threat to his own inheritance. Why should I share My portion, my share of the inheritance. He already squandered his. Now what? He want to encroach into my? You think I want to share? You got to be kidding. Now raising his voice, he shouted even louder now. What's more, he's been sleeping with prostitutes. I mean, look at him. I I live a morally strict, disciplined, holy, upright life. Not like him a prostitute, a, 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 a customer of prostitutes. He felt morally superior to his younger brother. Yet to Jesus Christ, this elder brother was equally lost as the younger brother. Equally lost because he had no more love relationship with his dad. Somewhere along his growing up yes as he learned to serve, as he learned to become morally upright, he lost the first love. He lost that love relationship. He lost that intimacy with his dad. Then here he expressed his main grievance, his main grievance. You never threw a party for me. I worked so hard. I sacrificed so much. I live such a morally strict life. I don't go clubbing. I don't go pubbing. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I don't gamble. I fast. I pray. <laughs> I give my tithes and give the building fun. I'm so strict. And yet, you never once celebrated with me. And then verse 30, you kill the fattened calf for him. He had no assurance of the Father's love. I slog and I slog and I slog and I work and I work and I work for you and you never showed me any love. I guess I'm not good enough for you. Huh? I guess I'm just not good enough for you. See, in the mind of the older son, what do you think is this picture of the Father? The Father to him it's an unappeasable dead, unappeasable God, unappeasable dead whom takes and takes, demands and demands, expects us to sacrifice and sacrifice. And when all is done, at the end of the day, nothing is ever good enough for Him. is that how you think about God in your mind? Every service, very quiet, just like right now. (laughs) Except little babies. But that's okay. Our mouth for babes. (laughs) They declare praises. Hallelujah. (laughs) You know, is that how we think about God? Man, the day I step into the kingdom, I work from morning to night. I got to do this. I I am so strict on myself. I don't have any fun. You know, I don't even take a drop of liquor anymore. I I don't go to the movies. I don't listen to pop music. I sacrifice and sacrifice and do follow-up and attend meetings. And I guess nothing I do is good enough for this Father. Let me tell you, our prayer life can be likened to our dealings with three kinds of people, three kinds of people. Let's relax. Turn to your neighbor and say, just relax, just relax. Right. Yeah, let's say something more funny. Right? Okay, something more fun. You're very, too serious right now. You make me serious. You make me edgy, all right? Okay. You know, it's like our, our prayer life is like dealing with three kinds of people. The first kind is a business associate you don't like. The second one is uh, a friend you don't mind hanging out with. Third one is a lover that you are in love with who is also... In love with you. Three guys. How many of you know when you converse with your business associate whom you don't like? I can guarantee you in your conversation, it's always formal and goal-oriented. Okay? When you want me to pay you the money? When can I get a stop? Alright? Uh what about the warranty? What about the insurance? or afraid everything is okay? Alright, fine, we sign, shake hands, win-win, okay? You don't you don't, don't don't play me out, alright? I won't play you out, okay? It's always goal-oriented. It's always formal. There's no room and no time for chit-chat. And you don't want to chit-chat. You don't like him. (laughs) Now, with your friend, you may share your problem sometimes. And hoping if you do share, you get some good advice or some prayers. But with the person whom you're in love with, there is no agenda. Right? I mean, you talk about Everything. Sometimes, sweet nothings. That means you're talking about nothing important. <laughs> and, the fo- <laughs> and, and the focus is, is all, the focus, you, you, you talk about how beautiful the person is to you. And the conversation usually veered towards affirmation and towards adoration. I adore you. I admire you. You're so good. You're so great. I mean, with the person whom you're in love with, the conversation is very different. Now, the elder brother type of Christians can be very disciplined in their intercession. I pray one hour every day. I got a whole prayer list. You know, but not much joy in their prayers. In fact, the elder brother type, they usually have not much of a private prayer life. They pray because they need a miracle from God. They have needs. Better pray to grow the church. Better pray because so and so is dying of cancer. Better pray because my business needs a breakthrough. So they have not much prayer, private prayer life. They don't want to talk to God for the sake of just hang out with Him. There's always an agenda. Something is not going well, so I better pray. Now, let me tell you this. The younger brother didn't love God or enjoy God or want to serve God for God's own sake. So he ran away. You're cramping my style. I don't like you. I, I, I'm scoot out of here, right? But neither did the older brother. He too didn't love God. He didn't enjoy his father. He didn't serve the father for the father's own sake. He may be morally very disciplined, worked very hard to obey Him, but he's still alienated in his relationship with his father. And when the elder brother had an opportunity to make the father happy by going to the feast, he refused because making my father happy is never part of my goal. Now, in fact, he would do everything he can to hurt the father and resist the Father. You say, look, if not making the Father happy is your goal, then what is your goal? I mean, why do you work so hard? I mean, why do you serve from morning to night? Why do you sacrifice so much? Why do you obey all the commands if your goal is not to make the Father happy? I can tell you this. Usually, why do people work so hard? Other brothers obey They obey even God to get things. Get blessings. Get success. Get riches. So that my business is blessed. So my company will prosper. So I have good luck in my home. So that I can have a ministry. I become famous. I be an elder. I be a pastor. I have a position. People respect me. I have the anointing. So I can become great. People obey God for happiness. We obey for significance. I want to have a destiny. Even if the destiny is not what God wants you to have, I don't care. I just want my destiny. I want fulfillment. I want to know I have a life of purpose. So they don't obey God to get God Himself in order to resemble God, to love God, to know God to delight in God, to enjoy God. So actually, they are just as lost as the younger brother type. (laughs) I mean the older brother type, just as lost as the younger brother. They both have no relationship except the older brother is more clever and more skillful to hide it inside his heart. The younger brother show his rebellion openly because he's not so smart. (laughs) He's He's not so skillful yet. You know, when he's confronted, he won't know, oh, Father, please give me another chance. You know, I'm trying. And you know, he, he had not learned how to say the right things yet. So he's more skillful to cover up. But he's just as lost. But look at the Father. Chapter 15, verse 31. My son, the Father said. The Father called him my son. In Greek, it's the word technon, which is a most loving, affectionate term. If the father is a Hokkien and attended a Romanized Hokkien course, he would say, Boy, uh, boy, boy. He called him by the most affectionate term. Listen, as a patriarch, right and then, he could have disowned his boy on the spot. You insolent, proud, arrogant guy, I disown you right now. He could have done that. But instead, he responded with amazing tenderness, my son, my son, you are always with me. Everything I have is yours. Now, the father was telling the truth because every cent that is now remaining in the family's estate belongs to the older boy. The younger son has taken everything away already. So every rope, every ring, every feathered calf, every feathered calf, is really his by right now what was the older son looking for again for all the hard work and obedience happiness significance fulfillment right all those could have been found in a love relationship with the father the father said look everything you ever wanted is there for you already that love relationship will have guaranteed him everything. In fact, he will get an eternal treasure. Jesus says, when neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. When you have a relationship with your Father God, you can get true riches of heaven that will last forever and ever. Can you give the Lord a big clap? Hallelujah. Well, Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand. Oh, you want to clap? Let's give the Lord a big clap tonight. Hallelujah. What is the theme of this parable? The theme of this parable is relationship. Everybody say relationship. Relationship with God our Father. Now, what kind of image you have of God in your mind? Because the image you have will determine how you respond to Him. The youngest son has an image of a strict, austere father who is cramping his style, stopping him from the pursuit of his dream, his happiness, his enjoyment. But he soon discovered his father was loving. His father was forgiving. His father was empowering. Remember I told you he thought the father is going to stop him in his pursuit of his dream. Actually, the father is going to empower him more. The Father gave him honour. The Father gave him authority. The Father gave him freedom. Sometimes I meet Christians and they say, oh, I don't want to come to church. Church will cram my style. You know, God will cram my style. I'm creative. I'm free-spirited. Guess what? When you come to the house of God, you're going to get the anointing and the Holy Spirit is going to give you new visions and dreams and Elohim, the creative God, will give you greater freedom to be creative. Oh, you want to clap? Give the Lord a big hand tonight. Hallelujah. Now, the older boy's image of God was an unappeasable God who only takes, who only demands, who only wants you to work and obey and sacrifice and then give nothing back in return. Not realizing that when you have a love relationship with this father, everything you ever wanted, everything you ever dreamed will be freely given to you. So the big question, okay, don't look down your notes, don't hide in your notes, look at me right now. Question, are you the younger son type or the older brother type? All those that younger son type, put up your hands right now. No, don't put up your hands, right? Which type are you? Maybe some of you are the younger brother type, a little crazy, yeah? A little wild, you know? A little too many extra tattoos in hidden areas. You know, and and you tend to like to fool around with the grace of God. (laughs) You are a little bit on the wild side. But then maybe some of you are the older brother type, very serious, very strict. I don't drink, I don't smoke. I don't listen to radio. No pop music. I don't put on makeup. I don't colour my hair. I don't wear jeans with holes. If my daughter wears skirt, it's got to be five inches below the ankles. Very strict. Rigid rules. You cross every T, dot every I. Older brother tight. But I have suspect. Most of you here, you tend to flip-flop between older, younger, depending on the season. Maybe you start off as a younger brother type. Wow, free-spirited. And then you experience the grace of God. And then as you learn to serve God, as you learn to grow in God, as you learn His moral principles, suddenly you become older brother type. (laughs) Now you even obey rules that God never said before. Right? Right? I mean, older brother type. Very critical, judgmental of everybody. Hmm. Look at all the young people in the church today. <laughs> what kind of music are they listening to? <laughs> or maybe you started off as the older brother type, very strict, very rigid. And then you're disappointed. Huh? Where's the healing? Huh? Where's the pay increment? Huh? Where where how come how come my life is in a mess? You know why and then where are all the financial provision? And and you say, what? Uh, What's the point of working so hard, serving so hard, sacrificing so much? At the end, what do I get? So you swing to the other side. Why you care now? Just do anything you want, uh. I mean, so strict pray for what? Prayer is works, huh? You know, give for what? At the end, who benefit, huh? you swing to the other side. You start at one side, you go to the other side. <laughs> the thing is, both are equally lost. Both. Because both have lost their love relationship with the Father. But the beautiful thing here is this, the Father loved them and He went out of the way to reach out to them and draw them back. You know, this week, earlier this week, Pastor Phil Bringle talked to all our staff and all our SOT students. And he talked about his courtship with Pastor Chris. Yeah, so it was really fun. You know, they've been married 40 years. So he said that when they were teenagers, they started dating when when I think he was 16 years old. And Chris was 14 years old, I think. And Dale was getting excited already. Yeah, okay. Suddenly, he woke up. <laughs> right. So, so he said, they were living in a small little town. The, to- the little town is called Littleton. So, so he said that when they were courting, they used to make calls. And then, they talked about everything under the sun. And then they call each other so many times on the phone. And then, Pastor Phil say sometimes he will call and then Pastor Chris will say, "What do you want to talk about? You just talked five minutes ago." He said, "I don't know. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. I talk whatever you want to talk." And and when they run out things to talk, you know, you put down first. I put down if you put down first. We count three then we put down. Okay, one, two, three. Hey, how can you now put down? I'm waiting for you to put down. Okay, okay, okay. This time we put down. Okay, one, two, three. Put down, le. <laughs> hey, I was young once, yeah. <sighs> What's that? My breath. E toto. Sometimes there's nothing more to say but just to breathe together. <laughs> and guys, listen. In this year relationship, why don't we just make room for God just to breathe together with Him? No agenda. Not praying over your prayer list going through all the intercessory needs, just getting close. Let me tell you, God our Father is not just a sermon topic. It's not just a series. Ah, what what, what you're up to right now? Oh, pastor is preaching a series on on Father, fatherhood of God, father heart of God. And, And after that, I'm sure we'll move on to other things. Listen, it's not. It's not a theological concept. It's not an idea. Oh, God as a Father. It's a theological idea. And sometimes we fall in love with the idea of being in love with God. We're not actually in love with God. We're in love with the idea that we can be in love with God. (laughs) Loving God means I'm going to develop an intimate relationship with God my Father. Like Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, choosing the good thing, doing nothing, just desiring to be close to Him let me tell you, I work very hard. My schedule is inhuman. And, but every week, every day, I miss God. And, I need to spend time with Him. I need to, sometimes, I don't know what to say. Just breathe with Him. God. It's always been like that since, since I was young, God's my Father. So I, I thought it would be fun. Let me show you. Let me show you some of my early things. So you know it's not just a theory. This is my first Bible. Look, this is my first Bible. I bought this in 1975. It's at that time, $50, this Bible. Genuine letter, okay? You know, I, w- I was so young at that time. Under the front page, presented to Kong He by God. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody bought for me, so I said, God gave me this. It's a RSC Bible, Revised Standard Version. And look, I, and those, in those days, they didn't have tabs, so I put in those tabs very carefully, and I, I coloured almost all the pages. Look, Look at this. I coloured all the different pages. Yeah, I read and read and read. This is my first Bible. Every day I come back home, learn to read the Bible. Let me show you my, my notebook. This, this is my notebook. I, I found this in the office. 3rd of September, 1983. Talk about keep your heart with all vigilance, from it flow the springs of life. Let me show you what else. 22nd October 1983. The life of Joseph, the dreamer. Genesis 37 verse 18 verse 2. Our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. I don't know why I write that. (laughs) Then this one. Oh, who is Amos? Amos, a herdsman from Tekoa, unknown place. Amos chapter 1 verse 1. A poor man, not a scholar of the Bible. (laughs) Amos Holds two jobs, a herdsman and a dresser of sycamore trees. Not bad, 1983. Every night, every day, I spend time in God's presence. Let me show you my first guitar. This old guitar taught me to sing a love song. This is my first guitar. It's so old, it's a Yamaha. You know, this, this, this part, I, I strum so so much, the, whole, the wood came out. <laughs> but last night I was so poor, I couldn't buy another one. So this guitar, I love this guitar because I spent hours in God's presence with this guitar. Let me, let me show you. Uh, come, 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 Jimmy. Come and take this. You want to take that? Yeah. Let me show you my first songbook. This is my first songbook of my Christian life. Song of Praise. 1976. How many of you are not born yet? 1976. <laughs> you know, and all this songs. This is before Hugh's song even come forth. Yeah. And then when, when I started leading cell group, I printed this from my cell group. Look at this. This one. Come, Jimmy. Look. Look here. 24th October 1985. 1985. What are the songs we used to sing? Uh, Father in heaven, how we love you. We live your name in all the earth. (laughs) Songs like that. You want to hear an old song? It's nine o'clock already. (laughs) Want to hear one one, one song? One song, okay, okay. Son, you want to come up? Help me, yeah. Okay. Son, Sun, uh, joined my cell group 1986. So this is the first song. My first song I taught her. Okay. Old song. This is before Hugh song, huh? <laughs> holy, holy,
1: So good.
0: Oh, come on, let's give the Lord a big hand. Even now, even now, when, when God speaks to me, when Father speaks to me, I write it down. This file is everything He said to me last year. Last year. For example, end of last year, this is December 30th, 2011. And, you know, it says in Isaiah 43, verse 19, the, uh, two verses the Lord impressed upon me. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. And then God gave me a verse, personal verse for 2012. Colossians 1, verse 10, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. <laughs> this is... 30th December, 2011. And every month, the the Lord speaks to me and I write it down. This is what Father says to me. Give me one month, just one month, right? Just don't choose April. (laughs) Come on, guys, just say one month. Huh? June? Okay, June, June, June. June, June, June. Okay, let me see. I got this one, June. This is June, June the 5th, 2011. Okay. God gave me a verse here. He say, I say quite a lot of things, but Psalm 66, verse 12. Oh, okay, he says, good verse. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but you brought us out to reach fulfillment. God will bring us out to reach fulfillment. And then, vision. I saw visions of eyes, of angels. God is almighty. This one. God is almighty and God controls everything. The painful road I have walked has been quite long. But I trust in the Lord. And God has given the victory. That's the answer. So these are things that God said to me. I just write it down. You know, I, I fast. Many people always ask me, come, why do you always fast, Pastor? You're always fasting. So sometimes I feel bad because I don't know what to say. So I always tell them, I give them excuses. I say, you know why I'm fasting? I'm fasting for this person, I'm fasting for that person, I'm fasting for this healing, for the miracle, I'm fasting, fasting. But let me tell you the primary reason why I fast. I fast to have a consciousness of God all around me. I fast because I just need God. I just want to feel close to the Father. So to me, fasting is the way I enter into that. How many of you in 2012, year of relationship, you really want to redevelop your love relationship with God, your Heavenly Father? Put up your hands. Why don't we all stand up on our feet tonight? Hallelujah! Musicians, just singers, just come. I tell you, the presence of God is here tonight. Hallelujah. Why don't we just open our hearts and speak in tongues for a moment. That's right. Just reach out to Him. Tonight, just close your eyes and reach out to Him. He is here. 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 More than you, what you can do, more than what you can give, more than all the obedience that you can have, What He wants is to have a love relationship with You. Let's love Him for who He is. Let's love Him for Himself. Let's want Him for Himself. Not for all the miracles He could do, but for Himself. To know You. To know You, Father. To resemble You. To enjoy You, O God. Let's worship Him. When the
1: music fades All is stripped away And I simply come Longing just to bring Something that's all worth That will bless your heart I'll bring you more The song in itself is not voice. What... it's all about you jesus i'm coming back to the heart of worship where it's all about you it's all
0: I wonder how many of you maybe you work very hard you've been serving, serving, working, working giving, giving, sacrificing, sacrificing you've been strict on yourself you've been disciplining your flesh doing what is right to the best of your abilities but yet in the midst of it all you lost your first love for God that love relationship is gone You have no space in your busy schedule, in your busy just trying to keep your family afloat, your business, your career, ministry, cell group, church, whatever. You're just struggling just to keep everything afloat. You don't even have time to breathe with God. Tonight, I tell you the presence of the Father is here. God is saying He's coming out of the house and bleeding with you and say, don't lose it. Don't lose what we got. Don't lose what you've started with. Don't be so busy because your heart can grow cold. You can become harsh because life is not always smooth sailing. Unexpected things happen. And when unexpected things happen, you can become angry. You can become bitter. You can be resentful because you lost that relationship with me. I wonder how many of you tonight, maybe you feel that your love relationship with Jesus, with God, especially with God the Father. Listen, Jesus has come to bring us back to the Father. And your relationship you have with the Father has just grown cold. It's been quite a while that you even have a chance to breathe with God the Father where you just sit down and worship Him for no agenda. Just to enjoy the consciousness of His presence. You say, Pastor Kong, that's me. I don't want to be the younger son type, but I also don't want to be the older son type. I don't want to lose what I had. God loves me. Father loves me. I want to come back into His presence. If that's you, wherever you are, we just lift our hands all over this room right now. Just lift up your hands. If that's you, if that's you, you're on the brink of losing that relationship, that private fellowship with God. Just lift up your hands. You're bringing more than a
1: song, more than a song. i bring you more than a song,
0: more than a
1: song. You're looking, you're looking,
0: you're looking into my heart, into my heart. tonight I can just sense God the father he just misses you so much so much sense god just some of you he just misses you so much tonight i want to i want to pray for the elder brothers i want to pray for those of you who are in maybe your connect group leader your cell group leader maybe you're a pcgl Maybe our ministry leader, maybe our church staff, maybe you're even a pastor. But man, you work so hard, sacrifice so much, so tired Yet, you feel God is so far. And I, I know you we all want our promotion. We, we want to be recognized by God. We want to be people of destiny. We want more of the anointing. But you know, all those things we can have if we just have the one right thing. Mary chose the one right thing. He chose God. Tonight, let's not choose the ministry. Let's choose God. Let's choose to love Him all over again. Let's choose to just enjoy Him all over again for who He is. Tonight, we're going to sing this song from the beginning. And I want all those who are in leadership, you are a connect group leader, you are cell group leader, you are a ministry leader, you are a staff, you are a pastor, you are a zone supervisor. Tonight, I don't need any catcher, tonight, I don't need any usher. Tonight, as we sing this song from the beginning, I want you to just come and we just going to stand as close as we can to the front because you know what? We are family and we just want to come and humble ourselves before God and say, God, all we want is you, Father, all we want is you so i count to three you come one two three just come all the leaders and above you come right all the ministry leaders and above you come come as close as you can just come before the lord when the music when the
1: music fades all is stripped away and i simply come Just,
0: just to breathe. breathe. That's right, just come and stand as close Something as you can. Father, just reach out to Him, Father. Father,
1: we love you, Father. We love you, Father.
0: We We miss you, Father. We want to know you more, love you more. Just worship, just worship, Father. Just love him, just love him. No agenda, just love the Lord. Everybody in this hall, just live up your hearts. Just love him,
1: love. Oh,
0: Just from your heart. I want you to just say Father. Father. Everybody in this room, right? We say Father.
1: Father. I miss you. I miss
0: you. I want to be alone with you. I
1: want to be alone
0: with you. I want to breathe with you.
1: I want to breathe with you.
0: Say, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being so patient.
1: Thank you for being so patient.
0: I'm sorry to keep you waiting.
1: I'm sorry to keep
0: you waiting. Father, Father I love you.
1: Father, I love you.
0: I need you.
1: I need you.
0: Draw me close to you tonight.
1: Draw me close to you tonight.
0: Lift up your hands and talk to him right now.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: She carabahood, alanna carabahood. Father, father,
1: father. Father, 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 father. Father, 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 God. Us
0: just breathe with us. Breathe with us. So once you open up your hearts, just love him. Just forget about time. Forget about all your agendas. Just love him for who he is. Everything you need is in him. Everything you need is in here. just lift up your hands to God just send your love to Him just send your love to Him just receive His love just receive His love Father I just pray tonight for all my dear leaders Father, none of us want to be like older brothers. We just want to come into your warm embrace, always close to your heart. Father, just don't let us go. Hold our hands, draw us tight when we are distracted. Lord, just reach out to us. Father. 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 Abba Abba. 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 Father. Abba. Abba, oh, Father. Oh, Jesus, draw us to the Father. Father, we thank you tonight. Help us to have a consciousness of your presence all the time. Father, we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, will you give the Lord a big gift? Father God, I will him. This way, just love him, just love him. 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 Father, we love You. Tonight, why don't you just give your neighbors a big hug and just say, Father, God loves you. Why don't you just do it right now? Amen. God bless you. Have a great night. Okay, guys? Spend some time this week. Make room for God. God bless you. Have a great night. And that's the end of this week's podcast. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Email us at connect at chc.org.sg.